Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. episode 440 yes my name's glenn and you would have heard me before if you've listened before otherwise welcome this is aussie tech heads and we are brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au for all your hosting needs business personal uh, or pleasure you name it you can you can even register a triple dot triple x if you want as a domain name through us and and do some very interesting web pages i would imagine Okay, so who have we got here tonight? It is rather chilly all round Australia by looking by the looks of things. I've been looking at the lounge, uh, and we've got uh, you know minus sixes and elevens and thirteens, and it's about twelve where I am here now in Rabina, and it's pretty cold. And uh, I better tell you the date just so you can date date us in these stories. It's uh, the fourth of June, so yes, winter is here. Wacky do. All right, let's have a chat to Jace. He's the the only one that crawled out of his un, from under his doona this week to brave the cold and come on the show. Hi, Jace. All right, six degrees here yeah. <laughs> right now, and it's, we're, we're, heaters we're, and stuff going all day. Six degrees and a broken heater. That's not yep. good. <laughs> you sure it's not one of those heaters you got to put money in? That's why it not stops every. That's why it stops every fifteen minutes. Oh, that minutes. could be it. Yeah, <laughs> all heaters end up eating all your money, though, don't they? Uh, pretty much, pretty yep. much. That's right. Uh, yeah. So other than being cold, what else has been happening? You've been working hard, night shift still, all this sort of, all the good stuff. Yeah, I did a um, three uh, podcast last week. Wowzers! Oh, that's Good right. Excellent. I've only got one of the best podcasters in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> you watched that, did you? <laughs> so uh, I was so like, oh, we did. Um... We did uh, Obsidian Loft, and we did Old Fart Geeks, and we did this one. We're like, we're in so much in demand now. We're on everything. You are, you are. And Will was telling me the Old Fart Geeks is going pretty good, going gangbusters. Yeah, yeah, people are loving it for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> the old retro stuff. Oh, it's interesting. They can't like... get enough of us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? Once you start talking about uh, all the old stuff, you know, nostalgia is very good. Isn't it? it? It's very. It, it, I don't know. You you are a, a sum of your memories, and you remember back to. I remember back to when I was. I think I was about fourteen or something, and it, I used to catch the bus to school, and we used to get to school about eight o'clock. It was an early arrival uh, to school, and there's just enough time to walk about four k <laughs> up yep. to the local Dick Smith shop and buy a five and a quarter for five dollars. Yeah, I used to be good friends with the guy who ran the local Dick Smith shop. His name was Brad, and um, I'd set up little – I had a VZ200 computer, and oh, I used to set up little programs and put on there. So at Christmas time, I'd go down there and load up this program, and I'd, I had it draw a little tree on there and then flash pixels on and off for, like, flashy Christmas lights and have presents under there and stuff like that just to help promote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember VZ200. 
Oh, geez, I do remember the name. I don't know what one looks like. I can't remember what one looks like. Let me let me have a look on the on the web here. VZ two hundred. Can we see one? Oh yes, <laughs> that's what we're talking. Yeah, Four I, colors, one twenty eight by sixty four pixels. Yeah, look, I, I can't um, I can't get it up on the screen. I'm sorry, but anyway, don't worry about that. Google the VZ two hundred if you want to have a look and see what Warlock's going on about. Crazy. Yeah, it's quite funny because uh, we'll start a show and like that one and, and our Minecraft one, we're like, I don't know how we're going to feel like 45 minutes, let alone an hour. And then after an hour and 15 minutes, I'm like, we're going to have to shut the show down. <laughs> we're going away over time here. People are not going to be downloading 200 meg files and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but VZ, I remember those. I remember those well. All right. Let's... Uh... <laughs> okay, I'll just read some comments in the lounge. Okay, Osmos Sid, we'll wait for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, hurry up. He's uh he's off to the little boys' room. <laughs> I don't know why the lounge needs to know these things. Maybe so no one grabs his seat, eh? But if you yep. if you want to join these guys in the lounge, you can Thursday night, seven thirty Queensland, New South, Victorian, Tasmanian time. Uh right here at AussieTechheads.com.au forward slash Live now, all right. Now we're all about stories, apparently, about yep. what's happening in tech. So, um, I don't know. It's been a bit of a hard week this week for stories. Did you find not much going on? Yeah, I got about half a dozen to go. Yeah, I got. A, I, yeah, I got about six, but uh, <laughs> not the they're not the most Nothing interesting. Big. Everyone's waiting for WDC and stuff. Yeah. Now I think WWDC. That, now the the thing that most people would have realised and seen this week was a little window. The Windows logo down near the time of your PC, bottom right. Did you notice your little window, Jace? I do now that you've mentioned it. Get Windows 10, it says. <laughs> yes. Well, you haven't noticed it before? No, not till you said it now. <laughs> right. And you use a PC all day? I was really using it quite a lot today, yeah. Oh, I don't right. take any notice till <laughs> <laughs> Well I saw well look to be honest, I uh, I was I remoted into someone's computer this week to, you know, give it a bit of a touch up. And uh and I and of course the team viewer sits down there as well and for some reason I must have been looking for the malware bytes icon or yep. something. Anyway, I looked down there and went, Oh, what's that? I went, Oh, that's a virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my first thought. I thought, what's that there? Well, you are right in a way. <laughs> yes. What is that? But no, it's a, uh, I don't know why you would have to, but anyway, they. it's a register for Windows 10. Preserve so. your free upgrade, asterisk. Yes, free. This limited time upgrade offer is a full version of Windows 10, not a trial. Three gig download required. Internet service fees may apply. Yeah. So, um, so you register, but nothing happens. That's just nothing happens. It's just that's all it is. You register. You must let them know you're on their mailing list. I think they must be trying to build up hype. Do you, do you think? Yeah, and just, also uh, from what I gather, it's the 29th of July. That's yes, that is right. Windows 10 will be available on the 29th of July as a free upgrade. So we're all we're all hanging for that. Now, as long you, as you've got a legit copy already. Yes, right. Yes, so users get one year. Now, I'll tell you something for for nothing. Now I noticed, uh, I went to, I've got a Windows 7 on a virtual machine and went, and I, because I'd already, I said, yes, register me on my main machine. And I thought, okay, which is Windows 8. So I thought I'll jump over to the, the virtual because, you know, I don't want it to miss out. And so I jumped over there 
and I was already registered. Ah. So, yeah, very strange. I don't know what's going on. Well, they knew that you'd want to upgrade to this quality product, so they pre-registered you for you, save you the trouble. Very good of Microsoft to do that. They are always Is thinking. It? <laughs> yes, they are always thinking of the of your needs. Now, users get one year after the 29th of July to secure the free upgrade. Now, once upgraded, Microsoft will keep the operating system up to date at no cost for the life of the device. Now, that's... There's the yeah, rub. I think it's supposed to be the last Windows as well. From now on, it's just going to be upgrades and patches to Windows 10. They're not going to have like 11, 12, 13 as far as I know. Do you think it's surprising that uh, Windows 10 is it's going to stop at 10? Like OS X it seems to have stopped at 10. And yeah. So yeah. now 10's, 10's it. That's, that's 10's the magic number. 10 out of 10 like L McPherson was. Oh, the tab ads. <laughs> oh, there's another, another one for the old fart geeks. Remember when yep. I used to code? I used to drink heaps of tab. <laughs> we used to drink Jolt. Jolt? Never heard of Jolt. Oh, jolt, it's like in Australia, Jolt was sold with twice the caffeine of Coke, but in the US it was four times the caffeine. Wow. Keep you awake a bit? Yeah. Cause <laughs> we, used to, we used to have it when we were going out for all night uh, 10-pin bowling in Parramatta. There was this place I used to go with friends who were all geeky internet people and uh, they had a bowling alley there that had what they call a lock-in where if you turn up about 10 o'clock at night and you pay, you get to play till about 2 a.m. unlimited games and they locked the front door and nobody else was allowed to come in after 10 o'clock. You just keep playing continuous games. All We'd have a bunch of jolt before we went out put a bit of lemon in it to give it a bit of flavour and then do 10-pin bowling all night. They'd have music playing and you could request songs and they'd have competitions like because um, it was like nighttime bowling with the glow-in-the-dark uh, pins and balls and stuff and the lanes with the LED lights zooming down them and stuff. And then um, first person to uh, get a strike would win uh, some money. So I think they had... It was up to like uh, 30, 40 bucks or something. And there was this little kid who he had the um, side guard rails up, but he uh, bowled sometime in, uh, after about the first 10, 15 minutes and he got a strike. So he won like 40 bucks. That's all right. <laughs> a little, yeah, he was only like six or seven or something. He was like, oh my God, I got money. <laughs> what a jolt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you see. Did you see the um, developer's shirt at Build that explained why they had Windows 10 was the current one? No. No. Uh, Microsoft staff has arrived at the Build Developers Conference wearing mysterious blue T-shirts emblazoned with company's four-panel Windows logo, logo. Only each panel was constructed out of tiny strings of ones and zeros. This being a developer's conference, conference the attendees immediately recognized the numbers as binary code. One enterprising developer, Kevin Goss, translated the code back to plain English and posted his findings on Twitter. He discovered four hidden messages. There are ten types of people in the world. Read the first message, an old coder's joke that switches out the number two for its binary clip at one zero. Windows 10, because 789. That would be a joking reference to the fact that Microsoft <laughs> skipped a number Seven, in the upgrade eight. cycle, leaping from yes. eight to ten. And congrats on the first was the next message and the last one was Windows Insiders help us develop for the future. Talk to us at Windows. Oh, that's very exciting to have on your shirt, isn't it? Very geeky, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Did you ever learn binary? 
Yes, binary and hexadecimal and even octal I need in my um, daily job for Linux stuff when you have to do permissions. So what, you could sit down and just go 010011 and type out a program? No, no, not like that, no. I did understand how binary worked, but um, all the stuff I did was programming. Originally, in Assembler, I did Z80 on the VZ200 and then 6502 on the Commodore 64. I read a book when I was about 15 on how to code in binary, and yep. if I had finished it, <laughs> it, you were supposed to be able to just sit down and go 00110011. My goodness me, how boring is that? Yeah, I, I had a book um, when I was at the start of high school called Rodney Zach's Programming the Z80, and it was all assembly language. I read it on the bus on the way to school because there was like an hour trip every morning and an hour on the way back home again. And I read it so many times, the book started falling to pieces. So I bought it again, and then I started doing some programming and assembly, and then eventually converted over 6502 when I got a Commodore 64. So it's pretty hardcore. Yeah, wow. So you had a 64, you didn't have a VIC-20. Were they no. good for anything? <laughs> one, one of my friends had a VIC-20, and then he upgraded to the Commodore 64, and then he got a Mega. Yeah. But I was, I was at one stage tossing up whether to get a Mega 600 or a 2000 or a 1200 and in the end I didn't get any and went straight to PC and been PC ever since. Do you remember the Plus 4s? Commodore Plus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Mark, if you remember Mark used to do the show, he had a Plus 4 and I think oh, it, had, yeah. it had buttons in it. it. had On the top, you just push a button and you get a word processor or you push another button and I think it worked like that. I think that was a Plus 4. Nice. And, yeah, uh, they had the... Um, Commodore 128 that had a Z80 processor in it as well. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, be, well being, I suppose, young fellas, we used to call it the PUS4. <laughs> That's how it goes. It's now, like the TRS-80 was a trash 80. Oh, yes, yes. The, yes, there could have been a song with that. 48 trash. Something like that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, um, yeah, so the rub, Windows 10. The rub is the operating system. Uh, so once upgraded, Microsoft will keep the operating system up to date at no cost for the life of the device. What does that mean? Is it the life of the hard drive, the motherboard, the RAM? What's the device? How do they define device? That will be probably unveiled all in, in the fullness of time. Usually it's like with the genuine Windows Advantage is when it's installed the first time it takes a snapshot of all the things you've got plugged in there and you remember when you would replace like a sound card, hard drive and um, graphics card and then suddenly it wouldn't recognise it was the same machine again so they mm. wanted you to buy another copy of Windows or you phoned them to get the unlock code. Yes, yes. So as long as you've got a similar configuration it should be okay but if you go changing around that's a problem. They should do something like Office... 365 where you buy a license and it works for whichever device you're yeah. currently using it on. I think that's probably the way that it will go, you would think. Because yeah, well, I mean, um, OS X, you get like, uh, you can install it on like three different computers at once and it doesn't have a problem with that. So, yeah. So, hopefully, uh, and I'm guessing, well, I don't know. Uh, do you think with the upgrade, like who upgrades? Fair income. You want the yeah. I'm going to format and reinstall. Yes. <laughs> I never don't want the old crap still left there. No, but are, are we going to be? Are they going to give us the a, a downloadable full ISO? Or I think they'd have to, right? They they'd have to. Surely they'd have to, because not all Windows Seven machines are, you know, they're not in that good of order. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's to. right. Yeah. I know a lot of people will be like, oh, I want to keep my old documents and my old settings and the desktop and stuff. Don't change my screensaver and wallpaper. They're the most important things on my computer, <laughs> damn it. Right, I don't care about my taxes or my business stuff, but if my wallpaper or screensaver change, we used to have that the last couple of companies I worked at oh, supporting customers. You build up their whole computer, repair everything, and it's working. They're like, but what happened to my wallpaper? Uh, I go, give a damn about your wallpaper. <laughs> Paper. You get wallpaper for any. Doesn't right. matter. Doesn't matter. A oh. couple of days, you get it back. A couple of days, beautiful, <laughs> mate. Beautiful. Now, uh, new features in Windows 10. I'm pretty sure we probably covered these, but quickly, uh, the return of the Start menu, the arrival of the Edge browser, replacing Internet Explorer. Can't uh, be worse, right? <laughs> and Microsoft and the introduction, or, or to a desktop anyway, of Microsoft's Cortana Personal Assistant. Now, in addition to the operating system launch, Microsoft will also bring new Office 2016 applications with Word, Excel, and PowerPoint designed from the ground up to work on Windows 10. Uh, they will be sold separately, of course. But, and however, OneNote and Outlook are included free with Windows 10. Wow, I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm still sitting down. I'll be happy that Outlook comes with it because Windows Live Mail is the worst piece of rubbish. Oh, and Outlook's not? Well, it's better than that one. Are you serious? i tell you what, yes. I've yeah. just gone through an Outlook devastation. I have, I have worse trouble with Mac Mail than I do with Outlook most of the time. Oh, look, I haven't uh, used Mac Mail because I don't use a Mac. Uh, but, yeah, I've just tried Outlook uh, 2013, and it's rubbish. Fair income. Look, it, it look it works well if you're just uh, probably your email account is a IMAP or POP. But yep. I wanted to sync it up with Outlook.com. Oh, okay. What would be simpler? You would think. Yeah, not that. You um, thought wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Transplanting a brain would have been simpler than trying to, and and you can't do it, eh? You can't it's not you, brain surgery. You can't do it. You you can you can link them, but yep. then you can only get the inbox will sync. Only the inbox syncs. A couple of oh. folders. The folder folder structure will come through, and yep. then just just random other emails in those folders. Whatever it felt like doing, you know, just whatever. They want you to get Office three sixty five, right? <sighs> Is that going to make you it? Do you see much of that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh no, not the online. No, no, really. Um. No, not really. Most people still live old school. I think they they just want to buy it, yeah, uh, rather yeah. than subscribe. I had somebody, uh, one of our customers, the other day. He's like, "What's the difference between getting a hosted exchange and getting three sixty five? And I explained it. He's like, "Well, I bought Microsoft Office twenty thirteen. Uh, why would I want to pay for it every month?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, Microsoft well. would like you to." <laughs> yeah, but but you know, like I, I did. I went to the Outlook, and it was. I tried it for probably three months. I look, I really persisted. You know, I, I set my calendars up. I set contacts, and I even imported all my Gmail, all my Gmail emails, to Outlook. And I remember when I imported everything, it said, "Geez, this is going to take us a while." There's forty-seven thousand emails to import. And I went, "Yeah, okay, cool. I don't care. Take overnight. Whatever you want to do, I don't care." So let it go overnight. Come back the next morning. It says, "Import failed." We could only import 42,000. God. Yeah. Don't tell me which ones you couldn't import. 
So, no. I thought, so I thought, fair <laughs> enough. If I'm ever looking for an email, I know now I'll have to search Google as well. But anyway, look, it was just all rubbish. It just, it just on every front, it failed, 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 failed. So I went That's back why to I just use Gmail for everything and nothing I did. else. I did. I went back to Gmail. <sighs> I even popped my um, email Sorry. from other accounts into the Gmail account and used that there because. Yes. I don't want to install anything locally. What do I care about having a copy locally for? It just clogs up my computer, and if something crashes, I have to reinstall, back it up, That's then right. reinstall it, and then copy it back again and all that rubbish. Just leave it in the cloud, and it stays there. That's right. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, Gmail. And because I like the look of Outlook, I, I got this theme for Gmail, so now Gmail, my Gmail looks like Outlook. So I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Very Sad. happy. <laughs> Microsoft is banking. How long is this story taking? <laughs> Longest story ever. Yeah, longest story ever. Microsoft is banking on its Continuum feature to help bridge multiple form factors. Continuum enables today's best laptops and two-in-one devices to elegantly transform from one form factor to the other, enabling smooth transitions of your tablet into a PC and back. So apparently what you're supposed to be able to do, if you've got a little phone with Windows 10 on it, you can plug a, uh, a like a mo- or Bluetooth or whatever, however you're going to do it, a keyboard, a mouse, and a monitor, and it'll be like a little Windows 10 machine. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Now, if you're wondering how the licensing goes with all this sort of stuff, uh, with the free upgrade, Microsoft Windows 7 Home Basic and Home Premium license holders, that's probably, Home Premium is probably just pretty much everyone, as well as Windows 8 and 8.1 users, will be upgraded to Windows 10 Home. Okay? Those using Windows 7 Professional and Ultimate and those using Windows 8 and 8.1 Pro will be... Why are people on 8? I, th- I thought you weren't allowed to be on 8 anymore because of viruses and bad stuff. But anyway, those using Windows 8 and 8.1 Pro will be upgraded to Windows 10 Pro. Makes sense to me, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. Oh, that's it. Uh, what's... <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, what do you I got, got? Windows eight point one Pro. It's quite good. Yeah, I've got eight point one Pro. It's going all right. Um, Supermarket giant Woolworths has signed a deal with Telstra to become a wholesale provider of the Telco's three G mobile network. Woolworths will use Telstra's eight fifty meg and twenty one hundred megahertz spectrum. The Telco said today, the retailer has signed up for Telstra's prepaid and postpaid mobile solution which offers resellers their own branded prepaid, postpaid and wireless broadband offerings, real-time account management with live notifications for customers and Telstra wholesale post-sale support. We'll use Telstra's homegrown wholesale billing platform, which is modelled on an Ericsson solution. Telstra's wholesale offering spans 7,000 3G 850 MHz sites covering 1.3 million square kilometres of Australia. In late 2013, Woolworths shut down its mobile brand, which partnered with Optus for prepaid mobile services after two years in operation. The new Telstra partnership will only initially apply to the Telco's 3G network. Telstra does not currently offer its 4G network to wholesale partners, but recently promised to open the network to mobile virtual network operators by no later than June 2016. Very nice. Now, Woolies, I think we might have touched on that one last week. I'm not sure. But I remember something about Woolies and Telcos. But, uh, yeah, so that's uh, good. So now you can just oh, – yeah, I think Kogan does uh, – no, not Kogan, um, Aldi. Aldi, yep. They, they do uh, resell the 3G Telstra. 3G Telstra, yep. That's right. But you're not allowed – the unlimited is not really unlimited, and be careful because if you do want to use unlimited, you'll be kicked off. That's how, that's how it works at 
uh, Aldi, isn't it? They went through yep. that. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, I think, tell, this is last year. That's when Aldi took them to court. Or was that? Yeah, it was Aldi, wasn't it? It wasn't Kogan. It was Aldi. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, uh, that was sold, Telstra sold it to Aldi as unlimited. And so Aldi started offering unlimited like this, you know, passing it on, and then people were using unlimited. <laughs> and they uh, said, cut off. Telstra didn't like that, so they said, well, it's not really unlimited. We said unlimited, but it's not really unlimited. And there's the spin. <laughs> Here yep. it comes. Five right. gig unlimited, something like that. Yeah, five, uh, it's unlimited until we tell you that's enough. Yeah. No more tech ed. Australia. See, so, mm. uh, Microsoft launches Ignite. So Microsoft used to have this conference called Tech Ed. Was he uh, Tech Ed? No, just Tech Ed. But there, it is no more. It has been replaced by Ignite. Microsoft Australia has announced that the annual Tech Ed conference will be replaced with Ignite, a new event aimed at a broader demographic. The first Microsoft Ignite Australia will be held at the Gold Coast Convention Centre on uh, the 17th to 20th of November 2015. Now, I've never been there. Uh, to it because only because it probably cost a couple of grand to go. So, uh, Glenn doesn't go to those. Nope. Now, it marks the end of Tech Ed's two decade history in Australia. First conference in 1994. So, how's that? Now, Ignite intends to reach IT pros, IT decision makers, and enterprise developers from small to large enterprises and is, is, and is well. designed. <laughs> I'm sorry, my teeth fell out. And it is designed for everyone who has attended Tech Ed and any other tech conference in the past, as well as those who have never attended a Microsoft event before. Microsoft Australia Technology. Evangelist Vaughan Knight said in a press statement. Well, geez, he can talk, can't he? That Vaughan. Yep. Now, the remaining major conferences on the calendar is the Australian Partner Conference on the Gold Coast from 31st to the 3rd of September. So, geez, the convention centre is going to be busy with little tech heads. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Microsoft does need Aussie tech heads. You're right, bullseye <laughs> in the in the po- in the lounge. Good work. We'll take over. Yeah, and then we'll get the 2,000 ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else you got, Jase? TPG has created a new retail arm to sell its wholesale fibre to the basement product to residential customers. The internet service provider is required under the government's carrier licence condition to functionally separate its retail and wholesale businesses due to the competitive threat its fibre to the basement network posed to national broadband network. Announced last December, ISPs such as TPG were required to offer non-discriminatory wholesale access to their networks by January this year and split out their retail and wholesale operations by June 30. In the lead-up to the functional separation deadline, TPG has quietly begun the process to transfer its retail customers to Wondercom, a retail business focused solely on retailing TPG's FTTB product. The business was registered as a company with ASIC in mid-April. The shift to Wondercom for TPG FTTB retail customers will become official as of July 1, the deadline for functional separation of TPG's wholesale and retail business. TPG did not respond to requests for comment. It would only say Wondercom was a wholesale customer of the TPG group. Yeah, that's, uh, what is, the, the places just get that big that they need to split. Or are they trying to avoid any, uh, yeah, probably complications like Microsoft decide they that they try and split or split their company in two, don't they, in the EU and all that to get around yeah, all HP this? Yeah, HP split too. Yeah, right, right. It must be just the must be just the modern thing to do these days. 
Yeah, Wondercom is offering a fibre to the basement plus home phone bundle for sixty nine ninety nine a month. The package promises speeds between 50 and 100 megabits download and up to 20 megabits upload, unlimited data, unlimited local and national calls, 100 international minutes and an included Wi-Fi modem. A six-month plan includes a $99.95 setup fee, while the fee is foregone in an 18-month plan. Now, I'll tell you, while we're talking about the, the internet and fibre to the basement, what about the MBN? The MBN hits 1 million premises, Mark. So that's not too bad. Probably got another seven to go. <laughs> it's uh, it's hit a million. <laughs> the National Broadband Network has come in ahead of itself in post deadline to enable 1 million premises in order to... Uh, is deadline to enable 1 million premises to order NBN services by June 30. That's the um, National Mixed Telecom... Telecoms. <laughs> yeah, mixed, uh, mixed Technology, technology Services. Broadband Network. Now, the, and Plus TV Station of the same name. Now, the National Network Builder last month revealed it had a weekly run rate. It's a cricket time. <laughs> a run rate of 12,300. <laughs> a weekly run rate? <laughs> yes. He's out. Got him. Gone. Oh, he Piss off. You're out. <laughs> hey, uh, the uh, weekly. What a wonderful crowd, these Victorians. <laughs> oh, they're hanging from the roof. I love you. <laughs> Merv Hughes, get him up here. Now, 12,300 premises passed a significant increase on the 7,000 premises it was adding weekly in the same period last year. So that's good. Things are moving. Uh, MBN. Those happy, colourful people there. Yeah, aren't they nice, eh? They're just watching the MBN get rolled out. Yep. Oh, happy days. Now, that was a graphic for those on video. And those on audio go, these guys are off their tree. Yep. Now, MBN's losses jumped as it worked through investment, uh, an investment-intensive phase of the project. Uh, it was a reported loss of $1.4 billion during the last nine months as its capital expenditure reached $2.2 billion and revealed government investment in the network so far at $11.8 billion, and that's out of its total commitment of $29.5 billion. So, I don't know. The the commitment, they're sort of not even halfway through the commitment, or funding-wise anyway. Likely, They're likely to meet the target of $150 million in telecommunications revenue after posting telco earnings of $106 million. So, look, they're on the right track. Just hurry up. Just hurry, hurry up. Uh, you haven't got it, have you, Jace, down there? Oh, no. The cable network stopped just down the end of my street, so I couldn't even get cable. Oh, no way. Serious? Yep. So what do you got, Optus or ADSL still? TPG ADSL. And how's that go for you being in Melbourne? Pretty good. I get up to 12 down. Yeah, that's not bad. That's pretty mm. good. I think when I had ADSL, it was about 6 to 7 to 8 down. When I was when I was living in Sherwood in Brisbane, um, I was getting around about fourteen to fifteen because I had a friend who worked at IINet at the time, and so he rang me up and he's like, "Let me fine tune your um, line there so that you'll get the lowest uh, lowest um, noise on your line and the best fastest sync." And I was only seven hundred meters from the exchange anyway, so he tuned it up till I got fourteen, which was quite nice. Oh, what what, what, did he, what was his secrets? 
Is it all those... in AI net and having access to all the technology himself? <laughs> oh, so it was like tweaks from his end yep. rather than. He's like, try this out. Is that better? No. Okay, try this. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Just leave it there. Cool. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he wasn't he wasn't tweaking muxes and all this no. sort of stuff. Right. But it was good because if you ever have an outage or something happen, just ring up his mobile. Hey, what's going on? Oh yeah, I'll fix it. There you go. It's all good. Cool. That's the oh. best support I ever got. <laughs> what a nice friend to have. Direct line, yep. <laughs> is he still at IINet or wherever he was? No, he makes um, poffages now. Makes what? business. Poffages, uh, Dutch pancakes, the little mini ones about that big. Yeah. That's probably a bit of melted butter and some uh, icing sugar and stuff. I would have been surprised if he was still there because people with good customer service, they don't last very long anyway. They, no, they, they decided on. to um, cut out his role and send him back to level one support. He's like, I'm not going back to level one. I'm on level three. And they're like, well, that's the only option. He's like, okay, here's another option. I quit. Yeah, he resigns. And, you know, that's just how it works, isn't it? I know a lot of people that, or not, maybe not a lot of people, that's an exaggeration. But, you know, well, I know and hear of people that are just totally useless at the job. But instead of getting reprimanded or whatever, uh, they get promoted. Yeah. Probably to get rid of them. What's up with that? <laughs> and hence the term "shit rises." <laughs> That's I remember that for all. Then you become management. You do, you do. I remember. <laughs> oh look, I, I won't say the story, but I just remember a certain instance where there was something going on that was just probably, possibly, potentially illegal, and uh, <gasps> it was it came out. And there was inquiries, there was talks, the conferences, you know, all these little things. And then at the end of the day, um, eh, how about we just promote you up the road to the next office and uh, happy days. That problem solved. <laughs> problem solved. That's right. All right. Uh, now, tell another problem solved. There was a lady over in, I don't know where she was, US somewhere. She thought she'd solve a problem and poor husband, he passed away. And uh, she goes, look at all this junk that he's left laying around here. Oh, oh yes, I remember this. <laughs> all this junk. Let's chuck it out. She goes, what am I going to do with it? I'm sick of it. It reminds me of old Alfred. You know, I've got to get rid of it. <laughs> I can't. You sure it wasn't old Steve? <laughs> can't handle it any longer. So she, she took it to a recycling business and said, could you people please recycle this for me, please? And anyway, so what, what she actually threw out happened to be an Apple One. Original. An original Apple One. A rare $200,000 computer that she yeah. uh, just hoiked away. It's the clean Bay Area in Milpitas, California. I, no, that's not going to be pronounced right. I just know. <laughs> I knew before I even started. Uh, is trying to track down a woman aged in her 60s who dropped off some electronic goods in April when she was cleaning out the garage. Now, one of the boxes buried under worthless keyboards, personal computer pieces and wires was the, wires was the 1976 Apple One. The recycling firm... Now, here's the good news. The recycling firm... Uh, you probably heard this story, actually, all over the place because it is a good story. The recycling firm sold the Apple for two hundred grand in a private auction in a private auction. Auction. I like auction instead of auction. It's auction. So it's been a private auction. Its policy is to be... Its policy is to split the proceeds 50-50 with the person who donated the equipment. Now, Victor Gichan, Vice President of Marketing for Clean Bay Area, said he will recognise the woman, who he believes is local, when he sees her and will write her out a cheque. 
for $100,000. Good on you, Victor. You're a champion. Victor, you're a very unattractive man. Oh, Victor. <laughs> that was a good show, wasn't it? <laughs> that was a great show. Uh, all right. Uh, what else have you got down there, Jay Sean? Well, before I go on, I was just uh, something I've started up again recently that I haven't done for a few years. Have you ever heard of a game called Ingress? Vaguely heard of it. I have, yes, I have heard of it. It's a game by uh, Google in which you uh, join and you sign up as an agent for whichever team you can be, a member of the Enlightened team or the Resistance. And what, what the theory is is that there's these uh, portals of energy uh, have appeared all over the world and the um, Enlightened believe the energy is coming to the world to help us and the Resistance believe it's bad and that must be destroyed. And um, what it uh, boils down to is you find um, interesting places to visit around your city, uh, including uh, sculptures or um, particular buildings of note and things like that, or old bridges and things, uh, parks and what have you. And uh, they start off as a white portal, which means they're neutral, and then people will go there with whatever team they have on their phone and they put uh, they deploy resonators around the device to uh, take it over and convert it over to either resistance or the enlightened team right and uh, that'll turn the portal either green or blue green is really good because that's our enlightened team yay blue <laughs> the resistance so and and um, you put on some um, shields and turrets that will attack them if they come along and uh, that uses up your XMP energy, so you need to drive or walk around picking up random bits of energy that's scattered around your city. And it's all—it's got the, all the streets and everything. And what it what it really is is um, Google needs to keep its maps and data up to date and find interesting places around cities around the world that would people who go to visit that place would like to see. Yeah, and yeah. so rather than paying people to go out drive around every street in the city, which they do in their cars to map it, um, to get information about every single interesting place in the city and write it down and submit it, that's, that takes a long time. So what they do is when people play the game, they gather that information and then store it in their servers so that uh, when somebody comes along using Google Maps, they'll say, oh, did you know just around this corner there's this lovely sculpture that's been paid for by the city for somebody to create an artistic sculpture. You can go visit there and read about the history of the sculpture and things like that. Yeah, and, right, um, nice. If, if I say I see a blue uh, portal somewhere, I can go over there and hack it to uh, get port a portal key from it perhaps, uh, shields, XMP bursters and things like this, and I can use that to take over one of the blue um, portals and convert it into a green one for my team. And then uh, if you have a portal key at this one and, a, and uh, you go to another one and take over that portal, you can link them through the energy between one to the next one. Wow. And if you, if you can make a triangle of um, portals that connect to each other, it becomes a field that becomes really strong and it sort of locks it down to make it even harder for people to be able to take over by attacking it with their um, XMP bursters and things like that. It's really fun. You can just walk around your city, take over these things, and you discover new things while you're doing it, of course. And then they, they send um, random videos to you with updates about what's happening in the world of Ingress. 
Yeah, nice. Um, and they, they're like professionally filmed, so it looks like a real person who's a news announcer will be like, oh, the, the um, enlightened team uh, gathering in uh, the middle of France at Paris uh, today. They've got uh, 400 people are going to try and take down the uh, <laughs> field which has been created by the resistance team. And they wow. have people from all over the country all meet in one city and then all of them uh, attack the portal until they can take it down and convert it over to their team's win. You won't. But of course... Yeah, sorry. sorry. No, sorry, keep going. It's yeah, because Google is gathering all this information, then this, you know, all of these mobile phones around the world, whether they're um, iPhone or Android, are gathering the data and Google can make sure that if somebody, say, submits a picture of a sculpture, if other people have gone there and they're able to see it and can attack it, then they know that this location on the longitude latitude that they have on their mobile device is definite. So it's not like somebody has submitted something that's not actually there or they put something rude or something on like that because when mm. other people turn up there and they confirm that it's there, then it gets added into their database as a confirmed location in the world of something interesting that people can visit. Yeah, it looks it looks interesting. I'm going to look into that. And I suppose there's a lot of listeners probably will. That's pretty cool. Well, it's funny like to... Um to say you see all you go to somewhere in your city wherever you are and and if you're not part of this ingress you just come across like a huge amount of people trying to put all of their phones pointing around the place or whatever yeah, happens exactly like, yeah you've got yeah, what's no idea going I mean, on last um not uh, last night the night before i was walking around melbourne because um I work in the CBD and I have my dinner break because I'm doing two till ten shift at the moment. So I have a dinner break at 6.30 and I went for a walk up to the local McDonald's to get some dinner and on the way I'm hacking some portals and taking them over and stuff. And um, I came out of the McDonald's and I came back to some of them. By then I'd got some more energy and you can't keep attacking, um, hacking a portal more than once within five minutes. So once you've attacked it, it becomes uh, too hot to attack and you have to wait five minutes for the cool-down period so you can attack it again and get more things. So I was uh, I had some XMP bursters and I'm attacking these portals and I had them just about completely taken over and I took two down and I was just about to take another one. I ran out of energy, so I went for a walk down the road to pick up some extra energy. By the time I turned around and came back, it was only like one block somebody had come in behind me and rehacked all of those and turned them into the opposing team. So somewhere in Melbourne, there was somebody in the same area as yeah. me. It could have been across the road or just around the corner. You have to be within 40 metres right. of the thing before you can do anything to it. So it's yeah. not like I could sit here and hack things in the city. Yeah. But somebody was obviously... I'd not probably possibly not even knowing he was almost following me around the city while I'm hacking things and he's taking them back for his team. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That sounds cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. That's so. That's for the uh, iPhone and Android. Well, look at it. Yeah, and they have a lot of uh, social gatherings. People, I've, I'm on a secret group that the opposing team can't get into. And you can only get in if a member knows you because you don't want people spying on your team's plans for the other team. But um, they have, like, tonight there was one plan for 10.30. They're all going to meet a particular McDonald's in the city. Yeah. And then uh, from there, whoever turns up, they're going to go to particular places, all converge on the one area, try and hack these. And you get to meet other people who are interested in these geeky kind of fun games and you've got something in common to talk about and stuff. So it can be really social as well. Yeah, nice. How good's that? All right, let's all go out and do that and let's see if we can take over some portals. Hack the planet! <laughs> so what side are you on? Enlightenment. Yes. Right, why did you choose that side? Because you want everything to be good. 
just something random. Yeah, I thought, oh, well, it sounds like the energy is probably good in here for us. I mean, it's all virtual, so it doesn't mean anything, but you just pick your team. Often people will pick it because they know, like, three or four people who are on one side. So they're like, well, if I team up with them, they're my friends. So we can go out and hang out and do things together yeah. kind of thing. Or you can just pick randomly. So I just picked randomly. I thought, oh, Enlightened sounds good. So the Enlightened are uh, green and the Resistance are blue. So we call them the Smurfs. They call us the Slimes. So <laughs> it's all a bit of fun. <laughs> Wouldn't it be good if Google had sort of like planted like little fireworks at certain locations and as soon as the portal got taken over a hundred times or whatever happens, the fireworks mm. go off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd be quite cool. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be cool. All right. Yeah, that sounds good, Jace. I'm going to have a look at that myself. That sounds, uh, I don't know how far I'll get with it all. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm at level four now. It takes a while to, once you get to level six, I was reading, people say it gets really, really interesting, but even just working your way up to level four is a lot of fun. And my daughter, I got her to put it on her phone. So we drive around in the car and you can just stop your car anywhere and go, is there anything here? Hack, 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 and then drive off to the next one. You can do a bit there or you, it's really good for on the weekend if you want to get the kids out of the house, do a bit of exercise. So you can just go for a walk around town. And because you're not just walking, you're actually actively doing some sort of activity. The kids love it because, you know, it's having fun yeah. together. And uh, so who determines that they, an object is a portal or whatever? Is that just predetermined by Google? No, um, people just randomly go out and they'll find something in their town, take a photo of it. could even be just a plaque on the wall that says this yeah. building was founded in 1800 or something like that. They take a photo of it, they submit it into uh, Ingress and then Google will uh, review it to make sure that it's you know, not a picture of something disgusting or rude or somebody being an idiot or something like that. <laughs> They'll approve it. And then after a certain number of portals have been worked on in that area, suddenly this one will pop up white and it'll be a new one. So you can go over there and then you can start taking that one over as well. What would be cool is, you know, the say the Doctor Who pop-up shops. And there's the yep. TARDIS or something, and someone's made that at one of these portal things, and yeah. <laughs> get all these people just hanging around, just going. Well, yeah, it's do. quite interesting because there are a lot of things that are not permanent, right? So there's one portal that I noticed is in the city on the bridge connecting to South Bank, and it's for the Love Locks. People would buy little yes. locks from the locksmith, get it engraved, and stick it on there. And last week, um, Melbourne Council went and removed them all from the bridge because they said, "Oh, it's." going to cause problems with the bridge is going to collapse or something from under the weight so they had yeah. to chop it off and I noticed they did it in Paris as well a few days later yes. so yeah. that's that's a location now but uh, it doesn't exist anymore because it's been removed so so it can't be it can't be attached to a moving object no no yeah people would have to be able to go there and be able to attack it and see it all the time so yeah right right yeah how good is that wow mm. how long have you been doing that I started probably about um, maybe two or three years ago and I did it for a while in Sydney and then forgot about it for a couple of years and then I was um, looking through some news websites this week and um, oh, actually it was on Facebook and somebody had posted a news story onto their Facebook feed that was like, there's an invisible game in the world that millions of people are playing and you don't even know about it and then it had the story again about it's like oh yeah that'd be actually good with my daughter now being nearly 12 and something we could go out and do together and she'd really enjoy it and she does so excellent well um, yeah yeah, excellent well while sticking with the google theme or the topic our google photos app has launched 
And now it's... Oh, it's supposed to be wonderful. Yeah, it's supposed to have free, unlimited storage. And Google has announced the new photo app. It helps users store and organize their images. The app will let users back up and store unlimited photos and videos for free. Available on the iOS and the Android system and the web, the app automatically organizes photos by the people, places, and things depicted and also helps users uh, create collages and movies. Now... I was uh, listening to a tweet. I thought now... Me too. I was just going to say Leo was talking <laughs> yes. about it. Yes. And he um, he had uploaded all his photos, and in particular his, his bag of photos he took when he was in Australia. And, you know, they went through, oh, okay, show me photos, you know, just trying out the... Uh, you know, the, just trying out the, the functionality of the software. You know, show me all the photos with, say, Leo in and Show me all the photos with this in it. And then they started to get more creative and say, okay, show me all the photos taken here. Show me all the photos taken there. And then they got more creative and said, okay, how good is it? I want to see all the photos I've taken with a wombat in them. Yes, and it, and it and brought it back... It. Photos with a wombat. Yeah, they were flawed, weren't they? Yes, yes. Tasmanian devil didn't know a Tasmanian devil, but the wombat. Yes, no, nobody does. <laughs> no, no, it was a... except for the one on the cartoons that goes. <laughs> 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 That's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but look, go and have a look at the Google Photos app. Free unlimited storage videos as well, so that's got to be good. Uh, and that's a part of Google Plus, so you have to sort of get your head around it. I'm, you know, I, I loaded it up. And I've got a few photos there, so I'm pretty sure that they must have already come from when I'm using the Google Web albums, I'm thinking. I'd yep. like it to be able to start afresh, you know. Like, I might go in and delete them all and start afresh because uh, I just upload the whole drive of photos if it's yeah, going to tag well. everything. Well, I, I used to do everything through Flickr and then all of a sudden they said, oh, unless you give us some money, you can own, people will only be able to see your last 100 photos, anything other than that. We're not even going to show until you give us money. I was like, well, I'm not going to give you money. I'll do a search around. And then I found at the time Google had Picasa. Yeah. And that's what their photos were called at that stage when they purchased the Picasa application. They were giving away uh, one terabyte of free storage at that stage. And I was like, well, why would I pay money to Flickr when I can just put it on the Google one? And yeah. it had lockdownable private um, folders as well so I put all the pictures of my daughter on there that I wanted to keep just for family and then you can send out a link from there to share it and give them permission to have a look at the photos mm. and then um, I just started storing all my stuff in there and now that they're going to make it unlimited I'm like yeah why not stay with that one yeah well, yeah why not <laughs> and as Leo was saying it puts the uh, Apple Photos app to shame doesn't it oh yeah look you know <laughs> look I hate I hate OS X. I yep. hate it. <laughs> Look, I know you use it. You've got a, a Mac, haven't you? Oh. No. No, I, th I thought you had a Mac. Yes, and it runs Windows 7. Thank you. Oh, look. We used to boot into, and it just got so annoying and complicated. My daughter's like, I, I let my daughter use it when she's here so that she's got something here. She's got a um, HP laptop at her mum's. Mm. And uh, I said, well, while you're here, you can use the Mac. And um, it was just too complicated and slow, and she wanted she had to do school homework, which requires um, Microsoft Word 2013, and yeah. you can't get that for the Mac. The next one's going to be 2016, whenever that comes out. So um, I was like, well, you can't keep doing it in Mac uh, Office 2011 because everything's not compatible, and you send it to the school, or you try and print it out on another one, and every yeah. all the 
everything is not lined different. up where you had it. It's got different fonts and stuff because they don't have the same fonts as Windows. So I was like, look, we'll just perm I had dual booting at the time, so I just said we'll just permanently select uh, Windows 7 as the default operating system. If I want, I can boot it up, hold down the option key while it's booting, and it'll come up with a menu, say, Mac OS X or mm. Windows, and you can yep. select Mac then. But by default, as soon as you turn it on, it just goes straight into Windows 7. So. Yeah, nice. Yeah, but like, you know, like, because um, my wife's got a MacBook, and even just to get that thing onto the my network and stuff, you know, like, I've done it. Yep. But then I've had to, oh, you know. Then you shot yourself in the head and it felt a lot better. <laughs> and then my pain was over. <laughs> <laughs> but but well, we were just trying to get some, give her access to some photos. And, you know, and so I thought, okay, let's try Picasa. Google, you know, it should work. There's a Mac version. No, that didn't work. It wouldn't sync. It didn't even go looking for these photos. I don't know why. Um, and And... I thought, okay, the iPhoto doesn't work because the photo has to be on the machine. And so yeah. I rang up uh, Michael from the Aussie Mac Zone. I said, how do we – I've got all these photos stored on a Windows machine. I want to share them to the MacBook. How do I get them over to the MacBook so we can look at them, blah, blah, blah. And the only way that you could do it was you had to just view them through the File Explorer, like – yep. Gary, and, and or and if you wanted to put them in any sort of order or any sort of program, you had to actually dr copy them from the source, put them onto the MacBook before that would you could look at them in iPhoto or something. Yeah, oh, too much trouble. About forward slapping, I hate it. I hate it. And and what about that oh. iMac behind you in the room? There, someone's asking. <laughs> that's yeah. just a prop it's not a, you know like when you go to ikea and they've got those uh cardboard tvs that just sit on there so that you can see what your nice pretty cabinet's going to look like it's a fish it's one tank. of those yeah. yeah it's a fish tank so uh well what that is look i do have a mac right it's it sits right here beside me where my hand is now that that superseded yes the one behind me that one there. And the only purpose that gets turned on once a week, this one, that one's dead. That one still works, but it's uh, it's a power PC. Nothing works on it. It's, it's too old. But now this one here, I've got a Mac Mini. You can't see. It's just off camera. But the Mac Mini, it's got the Yosemite on it. It's up to date. It's turned on once a week for GarageBand. Then it gets turned off and my life goes It, it records a particular audio of a show, doesn't it? <laughs> It does. It records our yeah. It records this audio, yeah. It records this audio right now, and any audio that I do on podcasting because I was using Audacity back in the day. Uh, I had a few hiccups and lost a couple yeah. of shows because yeah, the computer failed or something. The power went out or something, whatever happened, and you could not stitch because Audacity. I know it might have changed now, but it used to save your audio file in like two meg bits. Right, or 2K bits or something. So your whole file was like this, huge, huge. Of all it's these, bloody huge. All these little files. And like try and stitch all that together. And so I thought, you know, GarageBand, it saves as it goes. So I thought, right, it's worth just me going down the shop, buying bloody Apple just for GarageBand. And look, it's been good. It's been really good. I'm happy with it. I probably should move on to something else. Uh, but it's it's... Working can also fine. be a good media center. Yeah, it could be a good doorstop as well. Now, 
<laughs> now, uh, Zero. Do, do everyone know Zero? Uh, yeah, X-E-R-O. Must have heard of it. Yeah, it's only just in passing because it's a pretty boring story, but it's interesting enough. But Zero, the online accounting software, reaches two hundred thousand users in Australia. They're not cheap either. I think the first, the uh, the beginning price is about fifty bucks a month. Woo. So uh, the user count is up from one hundred fifty-eight thousand in September last year, which is quite it's quite impressive. Uh, Zero now accounts for more than five hundred thousand users worldwide. So. That's they're pretty big. They're pretty big. Must be raking a lot of money. And now, by contrast, MyOb reported it had more than one hundred sixteen thousand cloud subscribers by the end of two thousand and fourteen, but one point two million active businesses using its products. I can see why Zero is going gangbusters because MyOb and QuickBooks. Are you kidding me? They are useless. Yep. Zero has also demoed an Apple Watch integration at its ZeroCon partner conference in Denver, uh, in over there in uh, Yankee Land. Apple Watch owners will be able to see alerts when the bank feeds are updated. Woo! Excitement plus a and notifications regarding business financial success. Oh, what about what about business financial failures? Yeah. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be more of a more important alert, wouldn't it? You'd want yep, to know more about you know, oh that share just failed. Oh, oh. Yeah, you know because you want to re- a failure, you react instantly. A success, you go. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you wanted the failures on your watch. You don't want successes. Zero. But then, but then again, see that's the Apple. They wouldn't like putting a failure on the watch, would they? The, even the word. No. There's you would have seen my new one on a couple of shows ago. Is that your Fitbit? The Fitbit surge, very nice. Yes, that There's is your nice. steps and your sleeping patterns and heartbeat and all those things. Yeah, that's Love nice. It. So why is that different? Why is that better than mine? Well, I got that. Does yours do heartbeat and uh, time and steps and everything? Yeah, but it hasn't got the yeah. big face on it. Oh, like yeah, that. it's lovely. Have a nice big face like that. Yeah. We had the little one for my daughter, but pushing those little lugs in there was a pain and they'd fall off at random times, so... This oh, one's okay. really good. Plus, it's got a GPS in it, so you can leave your phone at home, oh, go for good. a jog, come back, and it tells where you were. Oh, that's the difference. That's probably the main difference. What? Um, yeah, you do a lot of walking. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Where do you? Why, how, how, how do you fit this walking in? Um, usually, when I'm doing a, at the moment, because I'm doing late shift at work, I don't do it too much. But um, when I'm doing the early shift, when I get my lunch break, I go for a half hour fast walk around Melbourne CBD. Nice. to South Bank and stuff, and then um, sometimes in the morning I'll go down to the gym and do some stuff down there as well. Oh, right. Yeah, because I know because of the challenge with the Fitbit, you can invite other people to have a challenge with you and see who does the most yep. steps through the day. All links up through this internet thing. And, uh, yeah, and Jace uh, smashes me. <laughs> <laughs> and I also get another 15-minute break at a random time during the day at work, so I go out and try and do a quick run around well not run but fast walk around the big block around work so yeah right i think uh yeah i, I smashed out about seventeen thousand steps the other day and that's that was one of my busiest days going to the dump about five times well, we don't want to hear about your uh, bowel movements dude <laughs> i tell you it was hard going <laughs> <laughs> Keep off the prunes. That's right. Uh, all right. Did you have any other anything else, Jace? Yeah, just after a week after a similar bug was found to be restarting iPhones and messing with their messaging apps, a bug that crashes video chat app Skype is now wreaking havoc. 
And you could hear Will sighing from wherever he is at the moment. But while the apple bug involved a string of Chinese, Arabic and Marathi characters unlikely to be used together, except when deliberately trying to crash someone else's phone, all that's needed to trigger the Skype shutdown is the character's HTTP colon slash slash colon. The duplicator colon aside, that text denoting hypertext transfer protocol is the simple command at the start of every web URL which directs our browsers into the World Wide Web. Ergo, it's not impossible to unwittingly type it into a Skype chat box while trying to send a website link to a friend, only to have the app suddenly crash on them before you've had a chance to wish them happy birthday. The bug affects Skype app on iPhone, iPad, Android and Windows devices, according to The Guardian, and continues to crash the app even when relaunched, thanks to Skype thoughtfully loading the text from previous chat sessions every time you log on. Skype said it's now released an update for the bug. I hope that there's an update to fix the problem with the bug. <laughs> Not an update for the bug. we got a brand new bug for you right here. You should that, try it out. It makes your phone catch fire. That bug didn't do enough. Now no. we've, we've, we've updated it a new and beauty super better. bug. Super bug. That's right. Updated Antibiotics bug. won't kill this one. <laughs> no we're way. Aware, we're aware of a problem that was causing Skype clients to crash a representative posts on the community's forum. Our uh, engineering teams work hard to resolve this issue and have released updates for all impacted Skype platforms. Another workaround is to get the sender of the bad phrase to delete it from their chat or get them to send multiple messages so the problem test is pushed back into the conversation archive. All impacted Skype platforms. What a mouthful. Why not just go all? All Skype. <laughs> it's all. All of the Skypes everywheres. Well, every every Skypes in the in the world. It's just, yep. uh, just we've updated that bug. Yeah, yep. very good. Ooh. And Will says, not surprised. No. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Well, I don't have any more stories, but uh, just in case Jace does, just mm-hmm. <laughs> just let me tell you and remind you about the facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Ads. Look, you might have been missing the apps of the day. Oh. Yes, I, <laughs> there's nothing, I, I do check them, believe it or not, even though I don't post any. I do check for, for them, but they've just been... Oh, just pretty much rubbish lately, or things that we've already had. So, well, the, things have slowed down with that, but they're still around. So you can get the app, free app of the day, uh, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Techheads, or you can listen in twenty four seven. Not just to us. No, we aren't. We aren't repeated twenty four hours a day. Thank goodness. But uh, there are other shows that are on the on. Yeah, the, there's two other shows with me in. <laughs> the one of the greatest listen podcasters. Listen to me all day long. <laughs> One of the greatest podcasters in Australia, Jason. Uh, number yes. one, number one. <laughs> and and how did how do you uh, how did you take that top spot from Will? Was it was there was it just a, a straw pull or something like this, or just a I pull just in general? That... <laughs> yeah, right. That's good enough, right? <laughs> yes. So you could go uh, Aussie Tech. Well, I forget what it's called. Aussie Tech Radio. <laughs> That's right. AussieTechRadio.com. Uh, and you can tune in with your phone, download the TuneIn radio app or whatever. There's instructions on the site or just listen to it from your browser, AussieTechRadio.com. There's also Aussie Tech News. If you want to follow that on Twitter, uh, you'll get a few little news stories popped into your feed every half an hour. Anything that's happening around the world or Australia, yeah. Put a few feeds in there. Um, and just, oh, there's other stuff, you know. But let's check back with Jay, see if he's got any stories. No. Yes. Yes. Whee. Well, uh, there's a set, there's a page I found about uh, seven things to know about what might be happening with the Apple's WWDC that's coming up soon. 
kicks off on Monday at San Francisco, 10 a.m. Pacific time, with a keynote which will be streamed live. You can watch it online and um, through the WWDC app for iPhones and iPads or through the Apple TV via the events app. Um, speaking of Apple, punters have been keenly anticipating a revamped version of Apple's streaming device, the Apple TV, which hasn't received an update in more than two years. Part of that was egged on by the logo Apple has been using to spruik the conference, which includes a distinctive squircle shape of an Apple TV box. The revamp oh. was thought to include an improved remote control and developer toolkit for creating apps for the device. But sources have told the New York Times a new version was not likely to be ready yet to be demonstrated. A video on-demand streaming service to rival the likes of Netflix or HBO is also rumoured, but it probably won't be unveiled until next year. And I'd heard rumours that um, Nintendo was thinking of bringing their application, their games to Apple iOS devices, and I was thinking maybe the Apple TV would become a gaming platform or something if they brought out a decently powered one with some uh, wireless controllers or something. So oh, I'm still yes. hoping that might happen at some stage because that would be pretty cool. Yeah, look, I don't know about the... Yeah, oh, look, I saw it. I was watching TV the other day and I saw an ad for DSs. I thought, really? They still going? Yeah, <laughs> he plays them. My daughter's got one. She doesn't play it. And mum bought a second-hand one, but she doesn't play it either. Oh, well, so yeah, why? Like, yeah, iPads, iPhones? Hello? Uh, but, yeah, you were saying about the uh, logos for the WWDC. It looks like a bit like a TV. Now, look, I think if we can see these logos, there's that one, say, up there. It's got a square in it. Now... That looks like, let's get that bit bigger on there. Let's have a look at this. Because I, while I was looking. Zoom and enhance. <laughs> yeah. So, that so yeah, it's got a bit of a TV. And it's just, oh, it is the same shape, isn't it? Same shape as the Apple TV, yep. Yes. What else is that shape? Do I got anything else that's that shape? No. No? Okay. But then because my first search was for this, I thought, oh, yeah, that does look like a TV, I suppose. And it was that one. But that was 2013's logo. So, who knows? And then 2014? Yep. But, yes, I think you're right. I think this year, that does look like an Apple TV. It does, yeah. So, let's hope so. Monaro is hoping for the NVIDIA Shield might have some uh, Nintendo games or something by the look of it in the chat room there. Oh, yes. NVIDIA Shield. Nice. And uh, Osmos... Sid in the in the lounge is installing Igris on his Android from Go Sun, yes, from Mudgy. Enlightened all the way. The the second male model from Mudgy. Yep. Is, uh, <laughs> installing. The Apple it. Watch critics have noted apps on the watch are notoriously slow to load, thanks to them needing to operate via an iPhone app. The last month, Apple senior vice president of operations Jeff Williams told a conference the company would make it so developers can skip a step and create watch-only apps. The new teals are expected to be unveiled at WWDC. Apple's connected device toolkit HomeKit was unveiled at last year's WWDC, but compatible smart devices are only just coming onto the market now. Some are expecting Apple will use the conference as a platform to preview some of the device offerings. Speculation ramped up significantly this week that Apple would finally step into the world of subscription music streaming with a bold entry to the rival likes of Spotify and Pandora, and what better place to unlaunch such a service than at WWDC? Apple bought the US-only Beats by Dr. Dre streaming service for $3 billion last year, and it's likely this could somehow factor into the final shape of a new offering. 
all but certain at WWDC that a requisite improvement to Apple's mobile and desktop operating systems. Rumors include improvement to its map service and better performance, including ironing out current bugs. A smarter version of Siri, project name Proactive to rival Google's recently unveiled Now on Tap, may also be unveiled. And Apple's NFC-enabled touch payments offering Apple Pay is still only available in the US. Some are speculating the tech giant may finally announce an expansion of the service to other countries, such as Australia. Now, Apple, what are you talking about? The Beats? The do-do-do Beats? The, uh, the Apple Beats? Thank you. The uh, Apple recalls... Wiki, Wiki Wild Wild West. Apple recalls Beats pill XL speakers over potential fire danger. Danger, danger. Will Robinson. Danger, Will Robinson. Yeah, so there you go. If you've got any Beats, uh, you better watch out. They don't just explode in your ears. But they're not actually ear things. I suppose you could strap them to your head. They might you beat to. you to death. They might. Uh, all right. Well, any more, Jace? Yes, uh, popular Swiss Army Knife admin and connection tool for Unix, BSD, and Linux systems, the Secure Shell, or SSH, encrypted network protocol, is set to make its debut on Windows. Angel Calvo, Microsoft Group software engineer manager of the PowerShell team, says thanks to leadership and cultural changes under new exec- chief executive Satya Nadella, it is finally possible to start adding SSH support to bring greater interoperability between Windows and Linux. Huh. Calvo said this is in fact the third attempt at adding SSH to Windows PowerShell command line interface with previous management shooting down the first two tries. Uh. Best idea ever. Details of when SSH support will appear in PowerShell are still sketchy. Microsoft PowerShell teams in its early days and they're still in the planning stage. While there are already SSH implementations for Windows, such as the popular Putty freeware client, which I've been living on for like 20 years, Calvo said there are only limited options customers can deploy in product production environments, which is why Microsoft opted to make its own integrated into PowerShell. Calvo said the SSH implementation PowerShell will be two-way, allowing for both incoming and outgoing connections to and from Windows, indicating both the client and server will be developed. He did not say if additional SSH features such as secure copy, secure file transfer protocol, port forwarding, or any other features that admins of Unix-like operating systems use regularly would come to PowerShell as well. Yes, Putty's good. I've been using Putty as well. That's um, well, fantastic. Yeah. I've got a... Um, a new one that's based on Putty. Um, what's this one called? Uh, it doesn't have the name of it just here, but um, it allows you to do transparent Putty windows and add a few extra add-ons so that the um, you can see the images and stuff behind it. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like see-through Putty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, old Putty wasn't. Um, uh, what's it? Remember Ted Bullpit? Yep. He was a putty inspector, wasn't he? <laughs> wasn't that his job? Wasn't Something he? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> he was I'm gonna look that up. I'm sure he was a putty inspector to end the show. Did you have any more, Jace? Before we look up Ted Bullpit. Uh, yeah, occupation? while you're looking up Ted Bullpit, I'll um he's not swearing by the way, those people who are listening to this. <laughs> Freeview has reconsidered its strict ad skipping bed in order to get Freeview, Freeview plus catch up on TV into more Australian lounge rooms. Backed by Australia's free-to-air broadcasters, Freeview has been on a mission to stamp out ad skipping. To display the Freeview logo, Freeview has always demanded that TV and PVR makers restrict the skip button to no less than 10 minutes in order to stop us skipping the ad breaks rather than fast-forwarding. 
It also has limited fast-forward speeds to 30 times, so you still see the ads as they rush by. These non-negotiable conditions obviously suited the free-to-air broadcasters dependent on advertising dollars, but they've seen Freeview at loggerheads with major home entertainment vendors. Freeview would have Australian viewers think the Freeview logo is essential for digital TV equipment, but it's not. Some of the major brands have completely ignored the optional Freeview certification process rather than abide by ad-skipping and fast-forwarding restrictions. Freeview's stubbornness saw its first attempt at on-screen electronic program guide sync without a trace because the TV makers wouldn't play ball. Seemingly a little wiser, Freeview is trying again with the new Freeview Plus service, which runs on the Open HBB TV platform. Freeview Plus also offers an on-screen guide along with Catch-Up TV from all five major broadcasters, including SBS, even though it's still negotiating a return to the Freeview Consortium. Yes, so free, yes, so um, I, I found out uh, Ted Bullpit. Yep. It doesn't say that he was a putty inspector. It just says here he, he worked at the putty factory. Putty but, factory, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he must have been. He was the inspector. Leave the money on the fridge. <laughs> yeah, leave, yeah, leave the money in the fridge, Wog. Another one was his uh, oh, what catchphrases? Don't dad me, boy. I'm your father. Yeah. <laughs> Pickle me, grandmother. Pickle me, grandmother. Somebody should blow something up. <laughs> Strike me Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, there's yours. Money on the fridge and, or change it sometimes. Don't park your purple Valiant in the driveway. I've just polished the exhaust pipe on the... <laughs> yes. When I was a boy... Oh, nothing there. That was stupid. I can't even understand that one. Oh, yeah, there he goes. I hate, hate vomit. <laughs> Hate, spew, chuck, vomit. Bloody shambles, of course. Bloody wogs, bloody woman, blow them all up. Watch it, mate. No wonder the country's in a mess. I win, you lose, and I'm the king of the castle. Bloody nuns. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good he show. He was awesome. Have you seen, I used to watch um, the Naked Vicar show, and they've got the precursor to that where they had a couple of sketches that had him doing a few things like Ted Bullpit, and then they developed it into a full show. Yeah, and of course... Uh, the, what was his name? Um, oh, I've got his name now. The guy that played uh, Ted Bullpit, Ross Higgins. He yep. it was on. Remember that the uh, Samuel Peep show. Remember that was a radio show. Okay. Did you ever get that? No. Yep. That was that was good. I don't. It was uh, an hour a week, and it was some of the sketches were quite funny. I used to remember. I used to listen to it when I was a kid. They were like, well, yep. you know, teenager. It was good. Yeah. All right. Well, we better get out of here. Unless you got any more stories, you got to get off your chest. Let's run away. Okay, we're running, we're running as fast as we can. Someone before we get blown up by Ted Bullpit. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it. So if you want to give us an email, send it to Glenn or Jason at uh, AussieTechheads.com.au. Don't forget the Aussie Max Zone. You can find the all the details over there at AussieMaxZone.com.au. And uh, yeah, yeah. Obsidian Loft and Old oh, yeah. Park Geeks. Yes, yeah, well, Old Fart Geeks, we've heard, we've, we nearly turned into Old Fart Geeks earlier there, didn't we? I'll say there, Shani, get off my lawn. <laughs> yes, and uh, it's Old Fart Geeks and Obsidian Loft all on iTunes, and also on the AussieTechRadio.com. Okay, all right, let's get out of here. Okay, so um, have a good week, everyone, and until next week, it's goodbye from me, and goodbye Bye. from Jace. Bye-bye. See you, Jace. Done. All right. Good stuff. I think. All right.
What's going on in the lounge? Quick, quick hello to the lounge. Quick goodbye to the lounge. That old farts. Have they got a YouTube channel? YouTube channel, old fart? Yeah, youtube.com slash old fart geeks. I just realized Osmo was talking to me in private chat all this time. Oh. You have recommendations for a small NAS box. Been doing research, found which do. Yeah, I just set up. Um, I just got a Synology server. That's all I use for mine. He loves old farts. That's good. Amazon TV looks good. Is this like a Skype? Oh, this is a Skype post. Copy paste. How's it? Is that what it is? <laughs> I understand. He's got a um, a stream private chat going that I'm just reading oh. through now. Oh. I looked at that when when it came up. I looked at what was he copy and pasted specs he just of something? Accidentally <laughs> cut and paste what he was saying. <laughs> I thought it was specs of some Linux box he was looking at, but yeah. it, uh, once, once you read it, yeah. it's a conversation. <laughs> it is, yeah. Oh, I did a cut and paste. That's yeah, right, you, cut you and did. Paste the private convo into the main chat. Oh, lucky nothing bad. Nothing you didn't call me an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll do. People do that in the main channel. They don't need to. Yeah, do it that's right. I don't mind. Yeah, <laughs> that bloody Glenn. I'll get Ted Bullpin on this. <laughs> I had been chatting to Walk. Didn't realise I was still in private. Probably won't yeah. be getting an answer. Yeah. Uh, yes, ah, 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 ooh, ah. Oh, that'd be good for a song. No, oh, okay, yeah, ah, no. Ah, ting, tang, walla walla, bing, bang. So okay. I hope you're going to move to somewhere that's got NBN, Glenn. No, well, hopefully we'll be getting that HFC business. Ah, so you're going to make sure it's there before you move? Oh, that was the first thing I looked. Ah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we know where we're going. We, oh, yeah. we, we so bought something. Yeah, bought it already. Okay. Yeah, so now the pressure's on the cell here <laughs> because yep, yep. Uh, we'll be in some poo if it doesn't all happen. Um, yep. But, yeah, so, yeah, cable is at the new place. That was oh, the. That's all right then. I had it on the phone actually, the app, or not the app, but the web page, and I typed the address in while I was standing in the kitchen. Ah, <laughs> just to make. See, sure. I just thought, um, you know, I'll move to this place. It's around the corner from my daughter's mum, and they've got cable, and you know, it's like a couple of hundred meters up the road and just around the corner. So I'm like, okay, got to be cable. So I do once I move in here, I do well. It's the only thing around this area that uh, has two bedrooms, which we need one for me and one for her when she comes to visit, and then um, not too far from her mum's place, and you know, kitchen and somewhere to park the car, garage and stuff. So, and the price range and everything fit. And um, yeah, it turns out that the cable only goes up the street that's going perpendicular, but it doesn't come up my street. That is, that's that's just a will story. Yeah, that's just what happened to Will. It's that, ridiculous, that, right? Top three houses away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you, it is like. And if I was in your position, if I was a, um, if I if I was you know could move around every now and then, I'd I'd probably pack up and go straight away. Yeah, <laughs> just to get some, <laughs> just to get some bloody uh, yeah, some internet going. But like, how would it, how good is it to to be able to get a fifty down, thirty up? Yeah, it'd be nice. Really? But especially I wonder if, when we need to upload our shows. Yeah, I know. But I wonder if that actually. Equates to like say real fast outside Australia, 
Or yeah, what, if who it's, knows? If it's just, I should get Michael to do a. Uh, well, it's going to like Ustream and stuff. That's fast enough. But uh, when you're uploading to YouTube, it should go to some local server that Google has uh, on a yeah. content delivery network, and then spread it across from there. Yeah, yeah, it probably it probably should. It's like when you use um, Twitch. The first time you start up, it connects to all the servers around the world, finds out which one's got the fastest connection, and then hooks onto that, and then you start off. Yeah. What's that? What? Thanks. So I said, hang on. How are you typing that? I never, never understand that. Keyboard. I think he never understands how they don't bring it up to your house when you're just around the corner from someone who has it or something like that. Well, I suppose that's but, to yeah, stop somewhere, doesn't um, it? Like it's crazy. Yeah, it has to stop somewhere, I suppose. But no, it'd be in everywhere. Oh, yeah. Let's all hope, eh? Hey? Open mixed technology crap. But, but HFC apparently, hopefully, will be next year. Yep. For us, HFC is not too bad for for the places they go. Oh, the copper's fine, and then Telstra's going. Yeah, the top copper's great, and then Telstra goes. No, the copper's really shit, and then it goes. No, no, it's serious. It's good. No, 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 no it's crap. You're like, well, yeah, we know it's crap. We've seen what it looks like. We've seen the plastic bags wrapped around oh, the ends, yeah. <laughs> copper wires in the in pits, the and we know people who have. I've got you know, a friend of mine who's a tech journalist lives near the CBD. Every time it rains, his ADSL drops out. Yeah. Why? Because the pit is filling with water. Water. Yeah, I used to have that in in oh back in two thousand or whatever, and it wasn't even ADSL back then. It was just dial up. I'd lose yeah. dial up every time yeah. it rained, and it was discovered the Telstra man come out, and he goes, he looked in the pit, and he goes, "Well, there's your problem there. Look at that plastic bag. Time for a new one." So he new plastic on. bag. <laughs> Hang on, let me pop down a coals and get some milk. Puts a, yeah, puts a new plastic bag on. Yeah. You were messaging but not typing. Oh, see, that's the trick of the lag. Yeah. <laughs> Secret. <laughs> that's the lag. <laughs> All right, we better go. I'll let you go. Yep, cool. Thanks, Lounge. Thanks, Jace. Thanks. Uh, we'll see, see you guys around. whenever. Bye. Catch you next week. See you, Jace.